guys, welcome to a new episode of Saw Something Scary. Uh, Derek Zhu and the birthday boy, Jeff Wright, in the house. Jeff, happy birthday, man. How are you? Hey, thanks, man. I'm older. <laughs> Definitely older. And I feel it. Uh, but, you know, I guess the, it's better to have a birthday than the alternative, right? That's true. <laughs> that is very, very true. And uh, we're we're happy that you're still with us. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, we got a jam-packed edition of the show this week, and so I think that uh, we don't need to waste any more time. We just need to hop right into everyone's favorite part of the show. This week's And I have been dying to talk to you about uh, about one trailer in particular, but I want to start it off with uh, this thing that I saw a couple days ago from director Ridley Scott. And it's an HBO Max series that'll be uh, debuting next Thursday, September the third, and it's called "Raised by Wolves." Have you seen anything about this? Not a thing. Okay, so this is a uh, sci-fi drama uh, type thing. Of course, you know what you would expect from Ridley Scott. And the synopsis of it is this: Androids are tasked with raising human children on a mysterious planet. Hmm. And it looks like the first three episodes drop, uh, like I said, next Thursday on HBO Max. And then I assume we'll get one per week after that. Uh, dude, this looks really good. Okay. I mean, he's a mixed bag, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when he's when he's hitting you know, his high marks, he's probably the best at sci-fi horror. So I, I'm yeah. not surprised. I just uh, I hope he pulls it off. Yeah, I do too. And I feel like that this is going to be one of those things that he's it's, you know, it's not just entirely him. You know, there's 10 episodes. I think he directs two of those episodes. Um, I think that his son, Luke, directs three of the episodes, Hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. so, Derek, what made it look so interesting? Man, I just really like the look of it. Uh, The I mean, feel is obviously the wrong word because it's not like something I could physically touch. But I just enjoyed the 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 ambiance of it. Uh, I don't know any of the actors in this thing, and so I'm very intrigued to see you know how well it does. But uh, just based on the trailers, there's two trailers out right now, and I watched both of them. And based on both those trailers, I'm at least gonna check out the first three episodes and see you know see what's going on with it. Yeah, well, again, Ridley Scott, even when he's not doing great story-wise, he tends to get the look perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I guess I'm not surprised by that either. Uh, man, I'm I'm up for it. And if he's using his platform to help get some new actors and his son some exposure and some run, cool, good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hand that hand that torch off. So, yeah, I'll de- I mean, HBO seems to be doing really well right now in terms of mm-hmm. their original content. And so, I guess it's. I guess it's all, uh, what, do they, what do they say? All sales up straight ahead. That's what they're. Yeah. Up yeah. I'm, I'm very much impressed with how HBO max has, has been doing, um, to the point where there's a real good chance that I'm going to cancel like Netflix and, and maybe even Amazon prime for right now, since Maisel's not back and, uh, just stick with HBO. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. We're running the free preview stuff. We've watched Lovecraft Country, which I tend to or I intend rather to mention to you here in a minute. But mm-hmm. we also watched that documentary, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, about the Golden State Killer. Yeah, and it's really well done. I think they spend too much time on the the death of Patton Oswalt's uh, wife, uh-huh. and not enough time on the killer. But it's still a well done documentary. So yeah, I need to check that out. It's definitely worth your. Worth doing. So I think, I mean, 
it's a tragedy this woman died. She clearly cared very much about the project, but it's, I mean, she's ultimately just, her story might have made its own documentary, you know, but like I, mm-hmm. I'm there for the Golden State Killer. And right. so uh, my wife and I got kind of frustrated with we like, okay, cool. Can we, can we talk more about the killer? But the part that's about the killer is really good. So I think you, on balance, it, it kind of plays off as, it plays out as worth your time. Yeah. Even if there's some frustration to it. Well, cool. I'm I'm definitely going to check that out. There's, there's so much original content that I need to watch from HBO that I probably just need to pick something and watch like an episode a night until I'm done with it and then just get through my list that way. You know, um, uh-huh. I realized, I realized a couple weeks ago, I guess that I've never finished the Sopranos. Hmm. Um, so I need to do that. And then I've never watched the wire. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that I really want to really want to check out. Um, and then uh, of course I'm going to keep it through Lovecraft country. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully if this thing goes well too, then I'll keep it for that as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely, man, really, really, um, pleased with HBO max. And, you know, Anna Kendrick did an HBO max series earlier this year, like when it first came out and I can't remember the name of it, but it was a cute little like rom-com. You, uh, you're a sucker for anything she does, man. <laughs> you no, yeah, talk. 110%. <laughs> I am. Uh, it's called Love Life. And it's uh, it was like 10 episodes long. And it was every episode was like a, a past love in her life that you got to see like the whole relationship. Yeah. But I know it's not everyone's cup of tea on a horror movie podcast. But if you're an Anna Kendrick fan, even to half the extent that I am, then you should check that out. Hey, speaking of content that horror fans might like, uh, true crime documentaries. Netflix is on the chopping block for me too. Um, I'm kind of frustrated with some of their programming decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but before you leave, if you do go watch tread, the documentary called tread about the okay. killdozer. Yeah, dude must watch. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the Lucifer TV show and their, um, fifth season or half of their fifth season just came out. So Netflix has me until I can finish that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Then I'm probably going to chuck it for for a little bit, um, just based on I don't watch it number one, and then uh, the last couple of weeks some of their decisions have really frustrated me. So I feel like the best way to show that disappointment is to cut them off. Yep, I agree. I agree, and not make senseless Facebook post about it. Indeed. <laughs> are you, you sure Facebook doesn't need point? to be more toxic? Can we? Are we sure it doesn't need to be ramped up? The only good yeah. thing about Facebook, Derek Zoo, is we saw something scary. The best Facebook that. group on the face of the earth. That's true. Zuckerberg spends his days in his dank cavern just hoping to, uh, you know, whatever dark gods he prays to, that we don't yeah. shut that thing down or take it to another platform. Because I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he's he's one of those he's one of his burner accounts is one of those uh, random accounts that we've accepted in the group in the last <laughs> few weeks. Well, let's try to let's try to isolate it and find it. Yeah. Isolate and attack. <laughs> so this thing, this Ridley Scott thing is called Raised by Wolves. Yes, Raised by Wolves. All right. Going into and an then, Evernote note to tell me to look for that project. Yep. And it uh, it starts, the first three episodes drop a week from today oh. on Thursday, September the 3rd. Sweet. So you will have... You will have a plethora of opportunities over the Labor Day weekend to check out those first three episodes. Sweet. Thank uh, you, sir. I'm delighted. Yeah. Uh, but now let's talk about DC fandom, my man. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, are you going to watch the Snyder cut of justice league? They sold me on it. Have they now? Yeah. In, in what way? 
Uh, I'm just curious to see how big of a dumpster fire it's going to be. <laughs> yes, Derek, let the hate flow through you. Yes. <laughs> I'm just I'm just curious to see what's going to happen with it. But also, I'll be 100% honest with you, man, uh, and I can't believe if seven years ago you would have told me that I was about to say this exact phrase, I would have kicked you in the shins. But I want more Batfleck in my life. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I mean, he's been the one thing that came out of the Snyder universe. Well, Henry Cavill, too. I really liked Henry Cavill as Superman. Yeah. Those two casting choices are the things that have left me going, man, I wish I wish DC's universe had went in a different direction. And maybe this is signs that the, those two good choices will live on in some way. I hope so. I you also know, don't uh, hate the casting of Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot is good. So if they got anything right, they got the casting right. Yes. Yes, I agree. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of Ezra Miller as the yeah. flash. Yeah. I join you. But, um, but yeah, like I think that the four big, the four big names in that with, you know, who you mentioned, uh, Affleck, Cavill, Momoa and Gal Gadot. I mean, th- those are spot on. And, um, I really, I really want the, the, the tragedy about how it all unfolded is, is that we probably won't get another, like original story with those four together Mm -hmm. and that sucks it does but uh uh, some more time with them and 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 honestly that's the i mean well there's two reasons why i want to watch flashpoint but affleck is one of them for sure Uh, flashpoint sounds super cool before we head off here yeah though with the snyder cut four hours yeah but it's going to be broken up into like four one hour episodes yeah, but that's still, I mean, I, I, I'm i not like picking at you, but basically Zack Snyder by proxy. That's four hours. That's a little self-indulgent. Like, I've always thought Zack probably liked the smell of his own farts, but now I'm pretty convinced he. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it didn't really bother me because I was just like, yeah, of course, Zack Snyder's going <laughs> to, if, if, if you're going to give Zack Snyder uh, a medium where he can tell his story and tell it to um, full completion, and I don't mean that in a weird way. Well, maybe I do. Um, I'll be vomiting in my trash can. Thanks. Yeah. But, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely the guy that is going to make his art and make it all the all the way, like, as indulgent as possible. So I, I guess that didn't really surprise me. But I'm, I am curious, man. I'm curious to see what happens. I'm curious to see how it goes. And, uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm excited to have a little more time with, with Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it as well in that, one, I'd love to be wrong. So, you know, if, if you hear me spewing hate here and it turns out to be awesome, well, great. I'm just going to get on and say, isn't it wonderful that we got a great movie against my expectations? Mm-hmm. But then, two, I really do want this for the death of the cult of Snyder. I think what's going to happen is we're going to get a four-hour movie that is more of his self-impressed pseudo-sophistication with a really dark lens applied to it. Mm-hmm. And we're all going to be like, yeah, he can't make good movies that aren't Watchmen or yeah. you know, 300 and just be done. Like, let's just have definitive proof that Zack Snyder should have never touched the main continuity DC characters and move on with our lives. Yeah. I mean, I, I also sadly will agree with that too. Um, I, but I think for you and I, we have always been very vocal about our, our fandom of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also been very vocal about like, Hey, th- this is my, this is my initial reaction to this thing. And now I've seen it and I'm completely wrong. Yeah. I mean, at- Batfleck is the chief example. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I am, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not going to say cautiously optimistic. I'm going to watch this thing regardless just because it has Batman in it. Um, but I am excited to see Affleck and Cavill and, and those, those guys again back in the same thing. Uh, that does make me want to pivot to uh, Wonder Woman 84. Did you watch any of these trailers? I, no, I don't. No, man. You know me. I'm going to okay. watch Wonder yeah. Woman 84, so I ain't going to touch that trailer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to figure out how to pivot from here. Well, let me let uh, me just say, tell me whatever you saw that's cool because I don't care. I, I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me to know details. I just, I want to watch the movie when the movie comes out, not watch the movie right. and bites through a trailer. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, I think it's funny that Patty Jenkins does a better Cats than the movie Cats did. <laughs> is it really that high of a bar? No, it's definitely not. But it is just funny that like her cheetah, you know, Kristen Wiig's fully formed cheetah looks 10 times better than Taylor Swift did in Cats. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, cheetah's, cheetah's an awesome character and Kristen Wiig is great casting. I'm really mm-hmm. delighted to hear they pulled off the visual too. Yeah, and I think it looks really, really good. You can... You can tell me, uh, I'd like to know this. Cheetah is one of these characters that is largely, like, she runs around fighting, well, she runs around doing nefarious deeds in the skimpiest of bikinis. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've always hated that trope. Like, nobody, that's just not the, the outfit any woman wears to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, other than yeah. set at the beach. So, how do they have Wig dressed up? What's her costume? Uh, let me pull it up here. She... I mean, she's basically just a cheetah. Okay. Okay. But she's not sexually, like, it's not about, like, showing off no. her body. See, that that's great. Like, I don't need I don't need a cheetah in a bikini. Just give me the yeah. cheetah, you know? Yeah. You, I mean, you get to see her, but you don't get to see a lot. Uh, there's not a lot of, of screen time with the fully formed cheetah. Sure. You know, I think they're still probably trying to, they may still be trying to, to work on CGI or, you know, getting the final thing developed and stuff. But you do get to see enough of it where I was like, oh. Okay, I'm I'm in. Well, maybe they'll let Zack Snyder have a cut, and we can see Cheetah as Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> as a metaphor for post colonial. <laughs> I can't even talk post colonial angst. You know, and uh, in Snyder's version of it, she'll just be topless <laughs> and very sour. She'll just be yeah. mad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we didn't get a trailer for Flashpoint. Uh, the Flash movie, but we did hear some amazing news. Well, lay it out there, buddy. Uh, not only will Ben Affleck be back for Flashpoint as Batman, but also Michael F. And Keaton. Yeah, man. That's so good. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, a tear came to my eye when I read that. One single tear uh, just slowly one, yeah. draining down the side of your face. Yeah. Like an Indian picking up trash and then other people throw it out there. <laughs> One tear down the down my cheek. Uh, seriously, though, man, I'm pumped. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I don't care. Michael Keaton, say what you want about whoever plays Batman. There may be other, there may be better Batman out there, but as far as I'm concerned, Michael Keaton will always be my Batman. Mm. Uh, he's just he's the one I grew up with. Sure, and I think that uh, you know we on our other podcast, the mega potters, we had Conrad Thompson on and I believe Conrad talked to us about this, but he said that, you know, from around like, what do he say? Seven to 12. Those are kind of your formative years. And those are the memories that you, yeah. that shape you and like define things for you. And so Michael Keaton will always just be my Batman. I think Christian Bale's better, but Michael, I mean, there's just something about Michael Keaton 
you know, from the I'm Batman to, you know, you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Like all that stuff. It's just, it's ingrained and, and I love him and I've waited dang near 30 years to see him play Batman again. And so I'm pumped. I agree entirely. I know just kind of bringing the streams of Batfleck and Keaton back together. I know sort of in our personal chronology, a Batman Beyond movie that had Keaton as old Bruce Wayne. We, we've talked about it on here before. It would be ideal. Mm-hmm. But I actually think I want Batfleck to play old Bruce Wayne because he's much more of the square-jawed version that we got in the actual Batman Beyond cartoon. Yeah. And I want Willem Dafoe to play a Joker who's been like in hibernation. That, you know, if DC's going to give me all these good things, Batfleck's back, uh, Keaton's back, I'm just going to ask for more. I'm going to say yes and... And I want Batman Beyond with Batfleck playing old Bruce Wayne and Willem Dafoe as old Joker. Can, can we make this happen? Yeah, I would love that. That would be that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, that's that is the casting for um, the Dark Knight Returns, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, that would be good. Um, and and to bring it to our episode, Lulu Wilson would make a great Robin for the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's get through these. Uh, let's get through these trailers. There's two more I want to talk to you about because I I'm pumped to talk to you about this movie. Um, so the other one we didn't get to see like any live action footage, but we did get to see some concept trailer art uh, from Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Black Adam. Yeah, I, and so this stuff I did pay attention to. Uh, we got like that zoom in shot of his Black Adam. Look, I just I want this movie to exist, and I'm tired of like. Dwayne hyping us up on social media and whatnot, and it's another year without the movie. This yeah. thing feels like it's gone on an ice age from yeah. the announcement of his casting to any hope of actually seeing the film. So can we just can we quit dancing and let's go? Yeah, I completely agree, man. I I was out of everything that was talked about in DC fandom, this was the thing that I was probably the second most hyped about. Obviously, uh, the first one will be the the last thing we talk about. But, uh, yeah, the second thing I was the most hyped about, but the thing that I was the most disappointed with the outcome of, like, I wanted to see Dwayne in the suit. I wanted to see even just test footage. I just wanted sure. to see something. Sure. And and for it to come out with concept art, I was just like, guys, I mean, I feel like we've literally, it's been a decade that we've been waiting on The Rock to play Black Adam, and th- this is as far as we've gotten. Are you... Well, let me let me ask you this. Does it help you or is it a good consolation to know that this looks like it's going to be introducing the Justice Society of America in it? I mean, I'm interested in that. I didn't expect it to happen. Um, I like that group of superheroes. Uh, everybody who's listened to this for very long at all knows I'm a big Captain Marvel who has been rebranded as Shazam. Uh, he had a good run as a member of the Justice Society. And so I'd love to see all those streams come together. So it. I at no point have I ever been disappointed by anything I've heard about Black Adam, but every yeah. new detail makes me go, well, can we just get there? Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm excited for it. I just want to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Um, and I mean, they really haven't come out with a definitive date yet, have they? No. Yeah. So, I mean, I assume that if we're just getting um, concept trailer at this point, we're looking at probably 2020 to 2023. Yeah, I think 2022 is probably the quickest we could get it. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, you're right. We're yeah. we're looking at the better part of a decade. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. 
Yeah. I mean, I know but The oh, Rock is busy, but yeah. uh, he's managed to make some movies that I, I feel like DC and Warner Brothers ought to be able to trump. You know what I mean? Like, can we just yeah. can we get him slotted in before that? But that's apparently not how Hollywood works. But this this to me is going to be the biggest draw he's you know that we've seen in his career so far. And I just don't know why we keep again why we we keep dancing around and they've not locked up yet and got this thing done. Let's pin it yeah. to the mat, you know. Do you think that it'll be more hyped than his Fast and the Furious stuff? Yeah, I think so as a solo project. You know, okay. the, the Fast and the Furious was a brand he he killed it in, but it was a brand before he got there. And it's yeah. sort of an ensemble deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, I mean, we don't really have the leading man that you and I grew up with, right? You know, like the guy who's a guaranteed open, but he's as close as we have to that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is going to be the one that kind of shatters any sense that there's a ceiling with him. So I just, let's stop making Jumanji and let's get to Black Adam. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to stop you there. I know. You like that. I I get it. That and Walrus are two inexplicable loves. I cannot understand him. My friend Derek. Uh, Not Walrus. Yeah, there you go. Put some respect on the name, sir. Sorry, can't do that. That's all right. Genetically impossible. Yeah, it's it's really not a good movie. Uh, Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm ready for him to do this. Uh, let's not do skyscraper two. You know what I mean? Like sure. let's let's uh let's get this one in the bag. Because I mean, I think I speak for you too when I say like I want him in Shazam two. Absolutely. But see, and they're I, saying I, that he won't show up for uh, one of those until Shazam three, and I'm like, Dad, gum it. I'm yeah, not looking a... for 65 year old Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Which, of course, I mean, he's still going to be jacked to the gills at 65, which is going to be ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That's not a problem. The problem is we may not have a functioning society at that point. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm going to see these movies, I need them while there's still, you know, social order. Yeah. Well, before we hit dystopia levels. Yeah, that's true. Uh, It really was, though. It was was the most disappointing thing for me in the fandom. And uh, I hope that once the world, you know, as as you and I were talking about before the uh, before we hit record. The world is starting to slowly reopen. You know, I bought movie tickets for the first time in six months uh, this week. That's exciting for me. Um, wrestling is starting to allow some fans back into the building with temperature checks and, you know, masks and things like that. And I think that's exciting. I'm doing my first stand up shows in six months or longer t- tonight. Yeah, baby. Uh, you know, and, and it's social distanced. Uh, there's a there's a 50 person cap on the shows like. We're 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 going all out to be as safe as possible, but it's just nice to see. It's nice to see, like, hey, let's let's test the waters and see what's going on. Sure. Um. So, hopefully, I say all that to say, hopefully that the world will open up enough where Warner Brothers can get back to work and we can have this thing happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if they need to close off their lot and make it a biodome or whatever, like, let's do this. Get it. Yeah. You know, let's get yeah. on this. Yeah, buy out an old abandoned uh, mall and sure. just turn that into a soundstage. Sure, let's go. Yeah, caulk all the uh, the windows and doors shut. You know, whatever you got to do, forehead testing and brain swipes and all that. Let's go. Let's just get this yeah. stuff done. Yeah, yeah. Because seriously, man, if you can make two Jumanji movies in the span of, of what three years, two mm-hmm. years, something like that, mm-hmm. you can definitely make Black Adam and have it out by December of twenty twenty one. Yep, yep. We're doing the math the same way. Yeah. Um, so quickly, I just wanted to touch on, uh, Suicide Squad 2. Yeah. Uh, I, 
I'm excited to see it just because it's James Gunn. Sure, that's true. That good uh, point. And, and it looks like it truly. It looks like he's having the most fun of his entire career. Well, that movie could use it. Uh, that franchise could use it. One hundred ten percent. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, and uh, John Cena's in it, so I'm obligated to watch it. Um, <clears throat> also, speaking of wrestlers, Samoa Joe voices King Shark in the Suicide Squad game. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, all these good things help. So yeah, let's pile I'll, them on. I'll tell you this, man. If you haven't seen this, the Suicide Squad uh, trailer for their game, uh, I would recommend watching that. Okay. I'll check that out then. Thank you. It's, I have not. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun little thing. Uh, so anyway, all that to say, let's go to the main event. Um, you and I, for full disclosure, have not discussed this at all. And the reason why is because I wanted to talk to you about it here on the podcast. But we got the teaser trailer for Matt Reeves, the Batman. And I'm going to just throw it to you first. What'd you think? Man, based on all my friends, I am the Debbie Downer here. Mm-hmm. It looked, I, My expectations for this were zero. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really did ex, ex, exceed it. I think it mm-hmm. was probably like a five for me. Uh, I got to church after it dropped, and all my you know church friends who are into pop culture kind of gathered up, like, get over here and let's talk about the Batman. And I'm like, yeah, so he's the crow with technology. Yeah. And they were like, you suck so bad. They were all like hopped over the moon. And so here's the deal. He looked better in the suit. We've already talked about that. Uh, I'm super interested in the idea of a Batman as a detective movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this looked pretty good. I just, I have like battered Batman syndrome uh, or battered Batman fan syndrome. Yeah. I just, I'm going to be skeptical till it lands. And so again, I think I'm kind of Debbie Downer on this. There were elements there I got excited for, but it's still, it wasn't enough for me to like, I don't know, get fired up. I, I think really N- Nolan may have spoiled me. And then mm-hmm. Zack Snyder trying to do a bad copy of Noland ruined me, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, it looked good. I'm going to be there opening day if there is an opening day, you know, if my theaters yeah. are open and I can be there. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not as sold as I think everybody else is. Uh, well, buddy, I'm going to be in that same camp with you. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I am very intrigued by the concept of Batman meets seven. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'm very intrigued with Colin Farrell's Penguin. You know, we don't get a lot of time with him. As a matter of fact, it's a Lincoln. You'll miss it. Uh, cameo in the thing. And I'm I, and I'm not a Paul Dano fan at all. But I'm extremely curious to see what he's gonna this iteration of the Riddler mm-hmm. and, w- and what he's gonna do with it. Um, but I am still not sold on Robert Pattinson. Sure. And he, <clears throat> this. I mean, you you hit it on the head with the crow reference. I was thinking Winter Soldier, because uh, cause he looks like Bucky Barnes in the Winter Soldier. I mean, yeah, that that works too. It's it's crazy, but it's almost like more grim dark than even Winter Soldier. You have to yeah. go to seven, something that's yeah. moral chaos, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm <laughs> what's what's crazy is is like I'm intrigued by everybody but the Joker or excuse me but the Batman in this thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my second favorite, Jeff Wright, Jeffrey Wright, who plays Commissioner Gordon. I'm pumped about that. Sure, it's great uh, casting. Yeah, Andy Serkis playing uh, Alfred. I'm I'm very excited about that too. <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just not sold on him yet. Yeah, one of the things the trailer made me realize is that Pattinson's countenance, like his his face, works better as Batman than I thought. But the the problem I have with him is he is so slight. He just doesn't look big enough. And I know Batfleck yeah. bulked up, but 
even Bale had a bigger frame. And I, I told those same friends I was talking it over with, I don't buy him as a physical threat. Yeah. Like there's there's that one clip where he roughs up some Jokerish looking guy, and I'm like, I mean, yeah, I guess martial arts can help him beat up one guy, but there's like 15 guys behind him, and that you know that was initially what I thought. Like, why are they let him just wreck this one dude? Yeah, I think I would like Pattinson as Dick Grayson. Yes, that him as Nightwing, I could be really excited about. Yeah, I uh, just don't. I mean, even if he if you know when um when Bruce bailed out and. Dick was Batman, and uh, oh, Damian Wayne was Robin. Mm-hmm. I could even buy that kind of Batman as like a temporary stand-in, but I need to see Pattinson as a acrobatic, live, athletic dude before I can see him as a Batman menacing presence. Yeah, yeah, and I know that people are going to be. I mean, there's a lot of. I'm not. I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not denying Robert Pattinson's talent. I'm not denying that he's uh, he has turned himself into a great actor, mm-hmm. and that it could it could wind up being really really good. But uh, I think that's something that you and I have talked about on this on the show before is there is a certain look to Batman that you expect, mm-hmm. and I just if you're going to get paid a lot of money to do this movie, go all out for it. And I think that I'm a little biased in the fact that like he went on he did that interview with GQ or whoever. And he said, oh, I don't I'm not going to conform my body, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, you're playing Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, could you imagine if Henry Cavill played Superman, at, you know, and he's what, six, four, but he played it. He, he weighed like three fifteen. Sure. And he was just like, well, this is just this is just how I'm doing it. Sorry. It, it wouldn't have been as good. And with Batman, he has no superpowers. He has trained his body and his mind to be the very best that it can be. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but your skinny, fat-looking little body isn't (laughs) hashtag not my Batman, right? Sure. My word for sparkly Uh, vampire boy, but yeah, you're playing something that you have to accommodate yourself to. Not The material doesn't accommodate itself to you. And dude, honest to goodness, I'd completely forgotten everything about that interview until you just mentioned it. Yeah. But I feel like part of my reaction kind of justifies your point. I wasn't thinking about that, but as soon as I lay eyes on it, I'm like, meh. Yeah. And hopefully again, just like we said before, if this movie winds up being the greatest Batman movie of all time, which it won't be because that's the dark Knight. But if it does, then I'll be happy to come on this, on this podcast and say, Hey, you know what? I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Congrats to our Pat. Congrats to Matt Reeves. You know, I hope they make 15 more. Yeah. But as of right now, I'm, I'm about where you're at, man. A five. I'm intrigued by everything but Batman, and that's not the way this thing should be. Sure. I think we are in the minority, though, based on at least anecdotally. No, we, oh, dude, we're 100% the minority. I, I just put the trailer up on Facebook with a whelp. Like, that's how I, that's what I commented on it. And there was a lot of positive fanfare, and, but everybody was like, well, I really want to hear your thoughts on it. And I just didn't, I didn't give into it. Because I was like, I mean, I'm just going to be negative, and and there's too much negative on Facebook right now, anyway, over more important things in the world. So I'm just going to leave it alone. Yeah. Well, that's why we have a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, get out there and crush it, guys. Show us, show us how wrong we are. Not because we're important, but because the property you're stewarding is. So yeah, let's go. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that does it for me and this week's elongated version of. Jeff hates trailers. But dang, dude, we haven't had any trailers in months, it feels like. So it's nice to actually be able to talk about future projects again. Absolutely. Bring it on. Uh, Horror Reporter this week. But let's jump into... 
And Derek, really, one of the few things I have is in anticipation of this new Mutants movie coming out that has been delayed forever. And of course, they finally decide to release it when 15 total theaters are open in America. <laughs> if if listeners have paid attention to our show or listened along as we've talked about it in various Horror Reporter and trailer, uh, Jeff Hates trailer segments, I've consistently referenced how good the source material of the Demon Bear saga is in the in the New Mutants comic books. Mm-hmm. So Bloody Disgusting, three days ago, put up kind of a summary of that arc with clips of the art from it. And I think it does a really good job of capturing in succinct fashion what made that arc so, so impressive. Um, and so I would encourage listeners, go to Bloody Disgusting. The, head, the headline is... The New Mutants, How the Demon Bear Brought Horror to the X-Men Comics. Read that article and then go track down the Cl- Chris Claremont and Bill, I think you say his name, uh, Sinkovitz stories. I think that start in New Mutant 13 uh, and they run through New Mutants number 18. Read the whole arc, man. It is some great comic book horror and it's a great trip back in time to like the 80s in comic books and when they were trying to expand the X-Men line. So this is the this is the prep work for watching New Mutants or it's what you do when you're done watching New Mutants. I, I give that strong recommendation. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good way to use your time. And Okay. Uh, I know I'm on my soapbox about that, but I think I can I think I can help people out. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm excited about that. Will you do me a favor and put that in the Facebook group? Yeah, I'll certainly do so. Okay. Yeah, that would be awesome. That way that way I can, once I get to my hotel tonight, I can take a look at it. Cool. Uh, the other thing is just that we got a Haunting of Bly Manor poster that I think you put in the Facebook group. And yes. I'm hyped, man. Yes. I am very much pumped about that. There's also a really great article in Vogue, maybe? Oh, Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair, thank you. Yeah, Vanity Fair. That uh, not only uh, just has some really great still shots from the upcoming season, but also is a really good article about it that I highly recommend. The guy I can't remember his name, and I'm sorry, fans, you're you're better Flanagan fans than I am because I can't remember his name. But the guy who played the druggy brother in mm-hmm. Haunting of Hill House, the still they have of him is kind of a, a dapper dude in the twenties with his suspenders. He looks awesome. Like, yeah. I, I could see him as a Bruce Wayne. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, that man's name is Oliver Jackson Cohen. Thank you, sir. And he played evil Tony Stark in Bloomhouse is the Invisible Man. Am I correct? Yes, sir. He did. So, you see, he's just orbiting around a, a superhero casting. Yeah. He's all over the place, man. Get him in Justice League. He needs to be Hawkman or the Atom, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's definitely got the, the look for it. And relatively young. thirty. He'll be 34 this year. So... Let's you still got some, still got some time to do that. Yeah. The last thing, because I really want to talk to you about Becky as well, just to kind of catch our listeners up. Uh, have you watched Lovecraft Country yet? Man, I watched the first episode, loved it. Have not had the time to watch the second episode, but that is something that I plan to rectify again tonight once I get to my uh, hotel after the show. Uh, we're in the same boat. I hadn't seen number two yet. Can't wait to watch it. I hope I get to tonight. As part of a birthday celebration, just sit in and watch it. Yeah. That first episode blew my mind. I mean, I, it was mm-hmm. just, I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be surprised that Peel crushes stuff, but <laughs> yeah, you know, that the opening scene is kind of like, oh my gosh, what are we doing here? 
Yeah. Uh, by the time the mo- the the episode finished, I told Chris, I was like, that's like my second favorite horror movie this year. Yeah. yeah. And it was an hour long episode. And I've been telling people in my circles about it. Every one of them who watched it have been like, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's just so well done. And if if the rest of the series can rise to like 70 percent of what that first episode was, I'm going to be over the moon. Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, I think I told you when when it debuted, I tried to watch it. Um, I had done, I think I'd come off of like a two show day or something. I tried to watch it that night and that first five minutes, I was just like, Oh, I'm not prepared to watch this yet. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so I had to go back and and watch it. Uh, once I felt like I, I had rested and had my head on right. And yeah, I'm with you, man. I loved it. I thought it was great. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to really looking forward to seeing where this thing goes. And, and you're right. If it's, 70% 70% as good as that first episode the rest of the season. We're, we're in for a treat. Mm-hmm. I almost always wait and let all the episodes stack up so I can just watch them in order, you know? Mm-hmm. But I can't wait on this one. Uh, I want to watch them as soon as I have the opportunity. and It's just fun, man. Talking about, again, I realize there are there's a lot of places in the world where they can't attempt to get back to normal. Um and I'm I'm particularly mindful this morning as we're recording uh, of Louisiana catching another mm-hmm. Hurricane. So I, I know this can't be for everybody else, but to your point earlier, it's just, it's fun to have new trailers, but it's also really fun to have new, super well done content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to be unthankful. Like I, I don't want to say, Oh, it's great that I have it better than other people, but I also don't want to be like, uh, yeah, ungrateful for a good gift that was given. So I'm, I'm just receiving it with gratitude and saying the context right. makes it sweeter. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thank you, Jordan Peele, yet again, for bringing us something amazing. Mm-hmm. Just his skill in taking the horror in real-world history of Sundown Laws and connecting it to the classic trope of monsters who come out at night or you know who are transformed by the, the fall of the sun. It's It seems as obvious as the nose on your face when you see it. But until he showed it to me, I I didn't make the connection. He's just brilliant, man. He's just brilliant as a storyteller. I know I know that's not news to anybody, but in praise of good things, he's a brilliant storyteller. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Well, man, let's put a bow on this week's horror reporter. This has been this week's horror horror. Yes, you know it's 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 awesome, man. Like. You know, you and I have obviously had crazy schedules lately, and um, haven't been able to to text and stuff as much as we us- you know as we usually do. Uh, I was pumped to wake up early this morning to talk about all this stuff with my buddy Jeff. But the thing that I'm the most excited to talk to you about is this movie. Good man, good. I I am so with you on optimism about this movie. So let's just make it official. Are you ready to pull the curtain on Becky? Yeah, man, pull the string. Let's do this thing. Any opening thoughts you want to use to express your enthusiasm? Uh, well, before we do that, Wahlberg. What? No. Spoiler alert. How do I forget, man? How do I always forget? Uh, the first thing that I want to say about this movie is uh, that I never thought that I would need a John Wick meets Home Alone movie. But good Lord, did I ever need it. And I'm so thankful that we watched it. For sure. I think that's the that's the right diagnosis. I, I, I kind of came to the Home Alone thing as well. I don't think we're alone in that. I think that's, you know, that's a pretty obvious connection. Uh, and I thought, oh, this is dark dystopian 
Home Alone, but I actually just think this is 2020 Home Alone. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make it this year, this is what you do with Home Alone. And I'm not saying that's good things about society, but it sure did make for a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I. So when you recommended this movie, I think I had seen maybe a snippet of a trailer, um, not even like a full thing for it. So I went into this thing really sight unseen, like not knowing much about it, not really um, knowing anything at all. Just knowing, you know, that this was Kevin James' first attempt to be a bad guy. And good night, man. Homeboy just pulls out all the stops. Yeah. So we had a hint of him as sort of doing a little horror in that short he did about breaking quarantine. Yeah. You remember that? And I, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, well, I'm not used to seeing Kevin James in those situations. I think he was perfect in this, man. Yeah. And he muscled up like... You know, he he's the, has the frame that he's never going to be a skinny dude. Right. But this is the prison yard uh, hardcore guy that is needed to pull off the movie. Like, when he takes his shirt off and you see that tattooing at the back, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, dude, he got in he got in comic book movie shape for this. Yeah. I, like, I now want to yeah. see him in a good Fantastic Four as the thing. <laughs> yeah, man, you hit it right on the head. That's exactly what I thought last night. He'd be great. Yeah. But he man, I mean, you you see comedic actors try this from time to time, and it's mixed results, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you go against type. You you play, you know, you play the character nobody expects. But I thought he crushed this. I hated him. I bought him as like a prison yard mastermind who maybe gets out of his depth when he can't control the environment or he's not in a controlled environment. Yeah. And I was quite happy to enjoy the torment that is inflicted upon him because he's a human scumbag. Yeah. Well done, Kevin yeah. James. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, in no way at all do you ever root for Kevin James in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was a testament to who Kevin James is as an actor because, again, like this is the first time that I can remember outside of that short that he's ever played a non-like cuddly teddy bear Paul Blart type of fella. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone on Letterbox called this – I say Letterbox, Letterboxd uh, – called this Paul Blart Mein Kampf. that's really clever yeah i thought that was really good i like that um yeah i mean and as good as kevin james is in this man he is the second in this movie because this is lulu wilson's movie altogether i know i mean she's she's been so good in horror already but i mean this movie is built around her her physicality her credibility is a threat like her ability to go to that place where you believe a 60 pound girl can take out some skinheads. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying the movie always manages to convince me of that. There's, there's some plausibility problems in this film, but they got as close to making me believe it is as possible. Yeah. Is, was there a favorite, like Lulu's gone crazy scene for you? Oh man. Uh, I think when she kills that first guy with the ruler. Yeah, man, me too. It's like, uh, it's like a Batman move, right? You, yeah. You slide down out of the sky on top of them. Now, of course, Batman's not going to bludge anybody to death with a battering, but uh, that we know when, of. Yeah, that we know of. Unless Zack Snyder's got the camera. <laughs> uh, but dude, it like, oh, we're doing this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it set the tone right there. Yeah, I think when when she smashes Kevin James uh, in the face with with that was it the key that she stuck him in the eye with? I think so. When she when she does that. And he goes back and he literally chops his eyeball off with a, with a kitchen knife. 
I remember being like, oh, so that's this kind that like this is the kind of movie that we're doing. Yeah. This thing isn't going to hold anything back. This is going to be nuts. And it was, man. Mm -hmm. It was it was absolutely no. It was Kevin McAllister on PS uh, uh, PCP (laughs) for sure. For sure. Now that I think that scene you're talking about the the hanging eyeball and the and the severing of it. Mm-hmm. Long time listeners of this show know I do not go in for gore. I don't like mm-hmm. gore for gore's sake. But it's a testimony to how much I like this movie. That even that I was like, this enhances the story. Yeah, it does cool. something to his character. It does something for Lulu's character. It freaks you out in the in the right way because you're like that family tied up on the couch isn't getting out of here. If this guy's willing to cut his own eye off. Yeah. And just go back to it. They're in real trouble. Like it, it served the plot super well. So I was even in on that. Yeah. I'll tell you, man, as much like violence and gore as in this movie, there was a couple times where I watched it and thinking like, man, I can't believe Jeff recommended this movie and like highly recommended this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, as it kept unfolding, I kept realizing like, yeah, this is, this is one of the better movies, uh, horror wise I've seen this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And it's a, like it was a movie I wasn't even really interested in. I just mm-hmm. kind of grabbed it because it was a new horror movie. Yeah. So yeah. my favorite, my favorite Lulu Wilson thing since you took the assault from the treehouse. Yeah. Is and this is one that kind of stretches plausibility. But when she fills her super soaker up with gas uh-huh. and sprays that dude down, like that's the I, I know I'm a crazy redneck who lives out in you know hold my beer country. Right. But that's something I've always kind of thought, like, could I do that? And I don't don't have the guts to do it because I think it would blow up in my hands. Sure. But, dude, I loved watching it happen. And I was just like, spray him more. (laughs) Yeah. Like, don't let up. Uh, I love that. I just, I mean, of course, he's like, if that happens in an actual crisis, he's like, why do you have a super soaker? I'm not going to stand near the fire. But, man, it worked visually. It worked in the plot. And it was one of those deals of like, yeah, this is what a young a, a young lady would have to do to give herself a fighting chance against these skinhead sure. monsters. Yeah, yeah, I uh, <laughs> that was probably my second favorite as well. Uh, and again, I thought Kevin James did a great job with it. You know, mm-hmm. um, also, man, I was really impressed with uh, you know. I, I guess it's even more of like a cameo than anything, but I was really impressed with Joel McHale. Sure. He did Suburban Dad, just trying to make it work a lot better than I would have expected. Yeah. And I, it, it mattered to me when he died. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Uh, you, you know, I guess it's funny that we've talked so much about Batman and stuff, but like Lulu Wilson's character is what would happen if Batman had went the other way. Oh, sure. Sure. You know, you lose both your parents and then suddenly you snap and you go, oh, well, then now everyone, everybody dies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which again would make her a perfect casting for the Cassie. Is it Cassie Stansfield in uh, Dark Knight Returns? I can't remember the that's, name of the little blonde Robin. That, yeah, that sounds right. Um, I'll Google it real quick. Sure. I mean, just get Lulu. Get Lulu signed up. Yeah. I also. I mean, just to kind of gush over this movie, the the Luke Harper guy who I can't tell if that's Luke Harper or the great Ali Kali. So that's funny, man. Uh, that is actually former WWF wrestler Kurgan. Really? Yeah. Uh, Kurgan, uh, his name is Robert Mallet. He was in the WWF from 1997 to maybe early 99. Uh, and his big like claim to fame was he was in a group called the Oddities that were managed by ICP. Oh, man. That's a real thing that happened in history, huh? Yeah. 
Well, they yeah. they used him effectively. He he comes off as a pro wrestler. That's why my brain snapped into that. Although I'm not familiar with the work of Mr. Kurgan, um, but they used he's him a big well. Cuss, man. He was yeah, for sure, for sure. He's big muscle, and you would yeah. need the the thing they did that was skillful that like gets you as close to believing this premise as you can is they made use of him as a guy who's having second thoughts, mm-hmm. and then they made really good use of dogs. Yes. And those are the two elements that would give some degree of compensation for the disparity in physicality, you know? Mm-hmm. But when he's on his knees saying, I think that maybe the way I helped you brought me some, and she just cold-blooded caps him. Yeah. I just, uh, that was excellent storytelling. Excellent. You know, it, it tells you like, no, no, you don't get to be a good guy now. Right. Yeah. I mean, you openly slaughtered a family to start this movie. Mm-hmm. And also killed a man in like on your way out of the prison. So no, you, there's no redemptive arc for you, my man. You're, you know, you you messed with the wrong twelve year old. Yep, you were a useful fool to her purposes. And now that, mm-hmm. I mean, just like Kevin James's character, that's the sinister element here is that Lulu kind of becomes Kevin James's character. Yeah, uh, but just like Kevin James' character, when the usefulness was over, he was going to be discarded. You know. Yeah. Um, she just got to it instead of Kevin James's character. Yeah, uh, I do want to say, as somebody who has has you know seen Mister Malay uh, as a wrestler and uh, in other things, he was in the first Sherlock Holmes movie. Um, he's been in some some high profile stuff. Uh, I thought this was his best performance to date. His English has gotten uh, incredibly better. He he is French, hmm. and he has like he's he's for the longest time had a very thick French accent to where you could barely understand what he was saying. And uh, so I was I was really impressed that like he was competent in this movie. And I don't mean that in like, you know, there's something wrong with him, but just, you know, how Andre the Giant had that thick accent and you couldn't understand what he was saying at the time. Like, it's just it was impressive to me that this guy has worked very hard at his craft to, you know, to get to the point where he can be he can be a number two henchman. And you don't think, you know, like they can trust him with that amount of dialogue. Yeah, he he um. He he has lines of dialogue that are central to the story. Mm-hmm. If he can't deliver the lines, the scene of execution doesn't work. Him telling her, you know, like run and, and showing compassion to the, the new girlfriend. Like a lot of this hinges on him being able to deliver dialogue. And so I didn't yeah. know that about him. But yeah, man, he worked hard and it paid off. Yeah, I guess he's French Canadian. OK. Yeah, I got faith. I just French remember. Canadian. I just remember when he was in the WWF, you know, I think he tried to cut a couple of promos and you just couldn't, you could never understand what he was saying. Mm. Um, I don't know if, if you heard me on this, but I've got family who's French Canadian and they yeah. are, they're straight up lumberjacks. Um, w- one of them is, is an older gentleman and he could 100% still just destroy me physically. And you look at this curtain guy and you're like, there is something to the fact y'all are all a bunch of Paul Bunyans or you're descended from Paul Bunyans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there may be something going on there. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So I guess, I guess that, uh, Malay, he, he actually wrestled, he debuted in 1990 and, uh, he worked in Japan as the Goliath El Gigante. Huh? Really? And then, yeah. And then, uh, and then, he, like I said, he came to the WWF in 1997 uh, as part of a as part of a, a group called the Truth Commission, which was uh, a blink and you'll miss it type thing. 
and uh, he was the interrogator at first, and then he became Kurgan the interrogator. And his big thing was he would put the claw, the iron claw hold on their on their head, and he wouldn't break that hold until the jackal smacked him in the face. Uh, and the jackal was played by Don Callis, who now runs Impact Wrestling. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, good on these guys who are able to parlay professional wrestling into acting. We can't all be The Rock, but being Kurgan ain't bad. Yeah, for sure, man. Like I said, he did. Uh, he was in Three Hundred. He did uh, Sherlock Holmes. He knocked Robert Downey Jr. out in Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> like legit, knocked him out. <laughs> uh, That's a shoot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Downey. I remember Downey was on Letterman one time, and he said, "Yeah, Big Bob was more upset about it, like ten times more upset about it than I was." Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, kudos to him, man. Kudos to 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 finding to finding something that you're good at and working hard to perfect it. And and I, you know, I'd love to see him in more stuff. Like, I'd love to see him do some kind of like my giant type thing. Yep. Yep. I mean, everything kind of works in this movie, and I feel like this movie punches above its weight class. The mm-hmm. the elements combine really well. Unexpected turn from Kevin James, this ex-professional wrestler pulling off a little bit more depth than you would expect the you know henchman number one to pull off, and Lulu basically convincing you she's Joker-level crazy. You throw it all in the pot, and the stew's pretty good, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you the thing that clicked in my head, and this is really kind of, I guess, the the final note of praise I have for the film. And I don't really have anything negative, so maybe my final note. I realized, I think, the the thing this movie does for me that enhances it. Uh, we've talked on here, so again, I have my well-established idiosyncrasies, right? So I don't care for gore for gore's sake. And I hate movies that are kind of built on the idea of women being tortured. Mm-hmm. And I realized that this is a rape revenge movie without the rape. Mm. We've seen a hundred versions of this last house on the left. I spit on your grave. Some young woman, innocent woman is brutalized by a band of roving thugs. Uh, again, Netflix, I mean, not Netflix shutter had one, I think last year that, that they featured pretty prominently. These guys show up, they do awful things, and the woman, rather than being destroyed by it, decides to take her revenge. And my real problem with that is I think that a lot of that stuff is just indulging sick male fantasies. And this movie gives me the goodness of an, uh, a woman taking ownership of her circumstances and turning the tables on people without having to watch her be brutalized to catalyze it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was here for it, man. Like, yeah, that's fine. You. It basically doesn't have to go to that level with a 30-minute rape scene for me to enjoy and feel the the goodness of her taking her revenge. So give me more of this Becky-style packaging and less of I spit on your grave. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you, if you this is kind of the, the dilemma with the movie. If you stretch that, I don't want young children put in a place where they have to make a psychological break because horrendous circumstances have hit them. I mean, it's not like this is sure. bulletproof. But if we're suspending, you know, if we're suspending having to think about what would actually become of a victim of these kind of circumstances, the way horror movies regularly ask us to, I'll take this version over Last House on the Left. Yeah. Yeah, I man, I completely agree. Um, this was a just a super pleasant surprise. And, uh, you know, this, this may wind up being a movie that I wind up buying. I'm definitely going to watch it again for sure. Yeah. The next time I want just a just a an easy companion movie while I'm doing something else, it'll probably be Becky. Yeah. 
uh, man, I, I mean, I feel like this is a short review, but I, really, I, I just want people to go out and watch this thing. Um, uh, plus, it's a great movie, but there's, there really isn't a lot to, to talk about outside of what we've already talked about. And there's really nothing to criticize. Yeah, I'm with you. This is a movie-length horror short. There's no plot. Uh, and in fact, even the key thing, you just have to pretend like you know that the key is significant or they do. Because the key, as the catalyst, is never explained. It's just taken for granted. So I'm happy to say we're not going to really talk about the intricacies of the plot. It's it's about the physicality of the actors mm-hmm. and a few bits of dialogue and done and done. I mean, I, yeah. Some visuals are okay. The again, the the eyeball thing, the attack from the treehouse, the super soaker with gas, and then look. Even again, I hate gore, and this movie ends with a kind of lawnmower that I have literally never seen in my life <laughs> being used to grind off three fourths of the bad guy's head with a long lingering look at what's left of his brain. Yeah, and Mister I hate gore was like cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. uh there, there were certain times in this thing where I, I didn't look away, but I, I you know, uh, winced mm-hmm. at some at some of the stuff going on. But I never, it was never one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, that's enough. It was more or less like, yeah, they got what they deserved. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't think it's unfair to the movie to say these are the highlights. Y'all go watch this movie. Yeah, 100%. But if listeners have more to say about it, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email. We've got the Facebook group. Hit us up on Twitter. Like, If you've got more to say, we'd love to hear it. Uh, we're just kind of shaking the bag out and saying, love the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that this is a movie that does well on video on demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it again, I feel like that we say this a lot on the show, but it sucks that movies like The Ring – uh, you know, the, the one that came out a couple of years ago that we bagged or, um, the turning or Brahms two things like that, get a lot of this promotional, um, backing, but yet a movie like this, uh, and of course the world is crazy and nobody saw this coming, but uh, a movie like this wasn't even in, on my radar until you said, Hey, I watched this movie called Becky and it's really good. We should watch it and review it for the show. I had no idea what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to that point, and again, this is not available to everybody. I saw it on Redbox and I could tell like, oh, this is a some kind of horror thriller movie. I, maybe I'll watch it when I get a, a desperate moment. And if it hadn't been for that, I don't know that I would have seen it. Yeah. But it's good. It's, it's a just, good. One. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's, it's one of the best I've seen this year and uh, highly recommend it. So let's get to it, man. On a scale of one to ten, Jeff, where would you put this movie? <laughs> Probably doesn't deserve it, but I'm going to go seven. Uh, I, yeah. I don't have complaints. The only thing I hold it back is just that it's not really a movie. It's more of a sketch. And other than that, I was completely satisfied with this film. Yeah, I I, I think that is probably ranking it a little too high, mm-hmm. but I think it deserves it, man. I really do. Um, I think there's been better movies that we've, you know, there there are better movies in that seven category, you know, that, that we have that we have uh, rated that way. But uh, again, it's kind of like. Um, the host or host or whatever, you know, that movie, like it hits at the right time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I thought that uh, I, I agree with you seven as well. Did we see something scary? Huh, that's, see, that's the question that is kind of a dilemma. I don't think I was ever scared in this movie or mm-hmm. even worried for any character I cared about, but it just works as a thriller horror movie. And mm-hmm. I think people, something we say often is if you don't have a horror podcast or you aren't the kind of person who tunes into a horror podcast every week, 
you're just kind of somebody looking for a decent ride for a Saturday night. This movie's flawless. Mm. So I, I can't say I saw something scary. I think a lot of people will be set on edge by this in a way that I wasn't. Yeah, I think you're right on that. I was trying to think if there was a if there's a time where I was a little worried about people or worried about characters, and I th- I think you're right. I don't think there is. Uh, I, I and also I guess I guess it really kind of de- depends on your definition of scary too. You know, like some people could see the the gory parts of that and be like, oh, that's too much for me. Mm-hmm. That's that's scary to me. So I'm I'm gonna horror uncle this thing and say yes we did well no complaints from me maybe you know the closest I got was when Kurgan had Lulu he like power slammed her into the dirt out in the field yeah and that was probably the closest and I'm I mean yeah on a on a different day maybe that would have given me some some chills but at that point I just thought oh this is gonna be Lulu triumphant so she's gonna be fine he'll you know something will happen yeah and they'd already told yeah. us at that point he had a heart somewhere in there right right and plus I'm. I mean, it did kind of let us know at the beginning of the movie that she was going to survive this thing. That's so, true. That's true. Can't really, couldn't really get too too concerned about it. But yeah, I think that was the the time that I was the most worried for her was when uh, Robert Malay, what was his name, Apex or Apex? Apex, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that was the only thing that I was I was worried about was <laughs> big old big old uh, Andre the Giant Junior there trying to body slam poor little Lulu Wilson. Who uh, shares the same birthday with yours truly? Really? Yeah, I, I found that out. Found that out doing the research for this movie. Why? Well, good things happen in uh, common days. Yeah. So October the seventh of this year, Miss Wilson will turn uh, fifteen, and I will uh, be a little bit older than that. Just so. slightly. Yeah. Just slightly. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, I think that does it. Uh, for us, as Jeff said, if you have more to say about this movie, please let us know. Um, you can email us, tweet us, or, of course, you can join the Facebook group. We saw something scary. Be a part of that. And I want to say thank you to those who have joined, uh, who've been with us from the beginning, but also have been joining lately. It feels like every week we're adding new people, and I love to see that. So, uh, so thank you guys for that. Uh, if you'll do us a favor, if you haven't already, like, share, review, subscribe to the podcast, uh, go to Apple Podcasts and give us those coveted five-star reviews. And if you like this episode, man, share it on your socials, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Let more people know about the podcast, and we would greatly appreciate it. And then finally, if you would like to become a partner with us in this podcasting adventure and make it the best that it can be, you can go to patreon.com forward slash scary podcast and you can subscribe to one of our patreon tiers Uh, if you donate three dollars or more every month you get a free bonus episode which just now thinking about it jeff we need to make that happen immediately (laughs) for sure the time is running low yeah so uh yeah so we need to figure that out fairly quick um but yeah we'll have that to you before the end of the month uh, and uh, you guys will be able to, to have that so, yeah, patreon.com forward slash scary podcast and uh, hook us up, man. Uh, be part of the join the revolution. Be part of the team. Uh, he's at right, Jeff. I'm at Derek Zoo, and we are out of time. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And we hope that you'll join back here next week. But until then, in the meantime and in between time, stay away from clowns and sewers, blind men with turkey basters, and white people with teacups. We'll see you guys next week. Bye bye, man. <laughs>